0: This is the Real Estate Power Play podcast, getting you the information that you need to be a successful real estate investor. Hosted by Mark Monroe, Ronnie Walker, Gabe Arte, and me, Marty Grisani. Combined, we've done thousands of real estate transactions. So get ready for real stories and true case studies on finding deals, growing portfolios, and making money. Welcome to the show.
1: Welcome all. We are on Real Estate Power Play. My name is Mark Monroe, and I'm super excited today. Uh, we have a special guest, George Abreu. Um, He is a multifamily uh, investor, plus doing some real estate development with over 8,000 doors. How you doing, George?
0: I'm doing good, Mark. Nice to see you, man.
1: Likewise, likewise. So it's been a while since we've uh, caught up. So uh, what have you been up to since, when, when we saw each other last, day? I think it was in Orlando at Jake and Gino?
0: Yes, I October
1: think so. right? Was it September, October, somewhere in that area? Yep. Yeah, right. I don't know how you keep track. Every time I turn around, I see you on social media one one of these events. So, uh, what's been going on with you? Tell us uh, since you caught up with you since the last uh, six months. What's been going on in your world?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know the the markets continue to, to get rocked, right? Uh, and and change. So. We've been uh, a lot of focus on our, on our operations and our current portfolio while, you know, still, still looking for deals. We've uh, had some success with some conversion deals, hotel to, to multifamily and then uh, a couple A-class buying from the developer and then also developing some stuff ourselves.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I think last time we were talking, you, what was it, a hotel that you're converting into multifamily in the, uh, where Jacksonville area?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So w- what's that look like? You know, tell us, you know, what, what kind of process does that look like?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we, one is obviously zone as a hotel, right? So we, first thing is we want to make sure we get it rezone for multifamily. So we put it under contract contingent. To getting that rezoning that took it was a process uh we went ahead and you know hired one of the well-known uh, land attorneys in jacksonville so he was able to push it through as soon as we got those approvals then we began to close um we were able to close it's three of them we were able to close them all late last year and um uh, now it's kind of go time, right? We, we've got the final plans done. We've submitted them to the city. We've started doing demo work. We've started doing some of the uh, roughing work as well and should be getting the final permits here soon. That's awesome.
1: How many doors total is that going to be?
0: It's uh hotel wise. It was 334. We we're able to create a couple more doors. So I think we're at a 341 I want to say oh wow awesome so yeah. how does that work
1: I would assume it' kind of go the other direction because you'd need more room if you're so it's kind of interesting
0: yeah you know some, sometimes you and we looked at the option of, of combining some of these and making larger units but what we found was in this location what's actually wanted and the demand is smaller units um, mainly because of the so that it could be affordable. Um, the rents have gone up so high in Jacksonville that you really don't have that affordability. So people are looking to downsize, right? That's
1: what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what markets are you mainly focusing, like in in the country?
0: You no, know, we like Florida in general a lot. We like Texas a lot as well, and then, um, we've been putting a lot of focus towards Northwest Arkansas. Too there's a that's where Walmart's corporate headquarters is and a lot of good good things going on there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I never uh, got that
1: uh, into that market, so that's awesome up in that market. So, how many people that you currently have on your team right now that you guys? Because you have what you have, like a management side of it, then you have a development side of it as well. So, tell tell us a little bit about like the company structure.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, main company is is Elevate. Elevate Commercial Investment Group. Um, that's where we take the ownership of, of the properties under, and then we've got Elevate Real Estate Management, which is our in-house management arm, um, which we started last year, um, and then we've got JNT Construction, which handles all the construction or new development for our projects. That's awesome.
1: Now, if I recall, is that how you first got into the whole real estate game? I, I remember. I think you're originally from the Miami area, correct? How did you start in Miami and end up into the Texas region? What, what What's that path look like?
0: For sure, man. So uh, Miami started in the in, in I started in Miami, right in in the single family space, um, mainly wholesaling deals and also fix and flips. Then the market crashed, right? Two thousand eight. And South Florida got hit pretty, pretty hard. Uh, We really couldn't, we didn't get affected too much. We didn't have uh, too many deals at the time. We were able to get rid of everything we had and we we really couldn't buy more properties. You know, the, the lenders weren't lending Um, the market, just the prices continued to plummet daily. So that's when we looked into, okay, well, if we're going to keep doing this, you know, we got to probably go somewhere else. Um, we looked at Arizona and we looked at, we looked at Phoenix and Dallas. We knew a couple folks in Dallas, uh, another investor we had actually done deals with in South Florida. Went and visited with him, saw what he was doing. And, you know, things were, they weren't perfect in Dallas, but it was nowhere near what was going on in either West coast or East coast. Right. So we, we, took the leap you know we moved to Dallas and then started really doing more building up our portfolio rental portfolio at first didn't really make sense to flip but the prices were cheap and then as the market heated up then we kind of went back to fix and flips and that's when I started the construction company because I wanted to bring that in-house and started doing more volume ended up doing new development as well and until finally about six years ago I was introduced to multi family syndications, and fell in love with the concept. You know, the fact that I had that economy of scales on one deal, um, ended up going all in and that's all we've been focusing on since. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations.
1: And, uh, so yeah, I think, um, I think the first time I met you, I think I ran into you, God, just before COVID out. Were you, I think you were at the Best Ever Conference, right? Out in uh, Keystone, right? Yep, yep, yep. Right before things got really weird. <laughs> that it did. So, yeah, I remember. Uh, so did you end up going to the recent one? Or when is the recent one? Is it already, you know, it happened last weekend, right? It happened last
0: week. Um, no, actually, it was spring break for for my kids, and we took them on a, on a cruise. Oh, nice. Where'd you guys go? Uh, we went to all around Mexico pretty much.
1: Yeah. Uh, very nice. So what's your, what are you guys projecting now? Like what's your game plan sense to, you know, let's talk a little bit about the market and how you positioning yourself and what you're looking at and, you know, how are you looking at in the conditions, especially what just happened this past weekend?
0: Yeah. I mean, this past weekend, you know, another <laughs> wrench in there, right. Uh, I honestly think it, Probably gonna end up being positive for yeah. multifamily, um, and, and the Fed is almost has their back against the wall now, and, and is probably gonna have to calm down with their rate hikes. Um, it seemed like they were gonna start getting aggressive again because of some of the reports that came out, and then the bank collapse, obviously this weekend. Um, so we're look, we've been focused on on really operating our current portfolio to the max, um, getting into fixed rates if we can, you know, getting out of our bridge loans, any of the bridge loans that we have. We've been successful at doing that on on most of our deals, working on a couple more um, that we feel confident in. And then, uh, you know, we've had a couple that's been a lot of work trying to get through everything. (laughs) So I think right now, our best performing assets have been our A-class deals. So, I mean, I think we're, we're kind of going to stick with that. Uh, I still see opportunity there. I still feel like the pricing on the C-class started getting so close to those A-class assets. Um, You know, it has come down some, but it hasn't come down enough to me to get excited at a C-class deal, you know, and everything that, um, it takes to get one of those deals to execute the business plan and get it to really perform. So, yeah, I think we're, we're going to stay in the new development and, and in the A-class space. Nice. So that's, that's a smart move,
1: you know, just kind of, especially in the, the uh, areas that you're looking for, especially, you know, the Jacksonville, Tampa, or like all the markets you're talking about um, seem yeah. to be doing really well. It's just, uh, you know, especially, you know, the way Florida's been, everybody seems to be still moving down here. So knock on wood, we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, there's of obstacles too, right? Especially the new development, you know, the lending has gotten a lot, lot harder. Um, the construction, we're still pretty confident on, on the construction and uh, the pricing is, has been somewhat stable, so how are you
1: looking at it where, you know, with, you know, because of the housing market slowed down so much to residential, how are you guys looking at it? And you, are you, I know when you guys underwrite deals, you normally look at the area of like what's going on for multifamily. Are you starting to look at like some of these like new development, single family homes where they're going to be rent to uh, rent models instead of actually sales models. Are you guys taking that in consideration when you're underwriting deals now?
0: You have to, for sure. We, we definitely, Look out for that, and, and make sure that we're not trying to hit rents that somebody can literally go rent in one of these built-to-rent homes versus one of our apartments. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something we're looking at. You know, we're looking at absorption as well in some of these cities that have had a lot of units come up um, and have and still have more units um, coming up res- uh, coming up soon. So. Uh, that's something to take into account so far in the cities that we're targeting, you know, it, it it's going to get absorbed. It's just the, the demand is still there.
1: Yep. Awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely, I didn't realize Arkansas is such a high demand area. I noticed, um, you know, one of the things, cause we we specialize in residential. One of the things that we've been really focusing on now is uh, where a lot of the, uh, you know, these semiconductor chip companies are popping up. Did you see those? So we've been oh, yeah. really kind of, you, I'm assuming you guys have been looking
0: at that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Obviously Austin's probably one of the <laughs> biggest ones um but yeah there's yep. been some in, uh DFW I believe one in uh Sherman, Texas which is right outside DFW. Um Yeah, we like those suburbs that are right outside the metro areas um that are experiencing that growth.
1: Yeah. It's going to pull so much uh, job demand into that area. So now you're focused on what, 100 every time you do it, 100 plus doors. Is that normally your goal?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's, and with some of the newer stuff, I mean, you're usually running into more of the 300 plus units. That's where it really makes sense to build.
1: Nice, nice. And how many projects do you have development going on currently right now?
0: We've got a, Two, I guess, two and a half, maybe. You know, that that half is one that we closed on straight from the developer. We closed on phase, his phase one and two, which was already stabilized. And then we have his phase three, which he's constructing, but we have it under contract and we're going to be buying it right um, after his seal.
1: That's cool. So that's kind of more like a JV. Is that how that, you structure that?
0: That one was just a straight... Acquisition, but um, we are working on at least two, and in talks for more, where we would JV with the developer, kind of like
1: what you're saying. Smart, smart. So, and how are you finding most of these deals? You just uh, you just have nowadays. You probably have people just reaching out to you because you got so much exposure out there.
0: That for sure. And then, you know, with some of this stuff where we're we're trying to go direct to the actual landowner and developer, it, it is a lot of outreach on our end too.
1: Oh, nice. So it kind of works a lot better. Especially, you know, some of these markets, you know, in Florida, you know, the price of the land, what they're trying to do on some of these are just going crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, are you starting to see some of the sellers starting to be a little realistic on their prices? Because like six months ago when we were looking at land, these guys were just asking crazy prices. They still thought the prices were you know through the roof
0: it's it's still tough um we've seen it work better where we can actually jv with them yeah smart yeah. You know, they stay in the deal and they, they put some of the equity in from the actual land purchase or yeah th- those usually work out better
1: yeah so it's, it's a it's an easier process then because if you keep them into the deal that totally makes sense you know yeah. so then it's just uh use the do you use the land as the uh you know, especially if it's free and clear. I'm assuming you use the land as some of the leverage for your lending. Absolutely, Yep. Yeah. So it's you got a lot of you got some creative stuff going on there as well, besides just going out there purchasing it. So it's a win oh, for yeah. the seller. You know, uh, <laughs> creative. It's more than you to. Yeah. Well, that's a beauty. I mean, that's kind of on one side of it. You want the market to pull back a little bit, you know, because you're going to have a lot better opportunities. But at the same time, you already have stuff in development, so it's like. You know you're you're like you know you're trying to figure out where you want to be in a in play if you will
0: absolutely i mean when when the market started turning i said it, look i'm, I'm kind of excited a little bit you know excited but not excited at the same time right um but you can actually structure deals now you can negotiate you know I'm, i've i've been there before right after oh yep. um uh, it's, I enjoy it. I enjoy trying to structure those deals and, and create a deal out of something, right? Yeah. I'm with you. It's a lot more fun (laughs) doing this stuff like that. You know, more than they're offering or more than they're asking. And I don't enjoy that so much. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a win. I mean, it's just,
1: it makes it so much easier. So you don't have to go out there and raise so much capital. You're, You're using the land and you're bringing the seller into it. And he's, he's, it's a win for the seller as well. So if anybody's listening and you own some land in an area, you know, reach out to George. He may, uh, you know, he's always looking for some good opportunities, you know, so. Works with it. the
0: existing deals too, right? You know, existing multifamily where the seller, if they've got enough equity, if they're willing to um, sell their finance or usually not going to be a seller finance because we're going to want to put in a senior lender, but it would be equity kind of structured more like debt. Got it.
1: So, yeah. yeah. so so why don't you kind of talk a little bit more like if there's a seller listening right now like you're kind of mentioning you know like how you'd structure something like
0: that yeah sure so let's say you know somebody's got 100 units or so and they want to sell it for 10 million and they only owe let's say 5 million on it well if we pencil it as us coming in with that 10 million and, and getting A senior loan and then raising the difference in equity you know maybe it doesn't pencil but if that seller puts in maybe half of their profits right let's say they put in a two and a half million at that point right at good terms really good terms then maybe it pencils at that 10 million so just getting creative in that sense. You know, if, if the seller's got equity and, and they, they've got a certain... We, we, we'll usually make two offers at that point. we will telling them, hey, look, I can pay you $8 million, um and you get all your pro- proceeds. Or if you really want that $10 million, I can pay you that. But you got to leave this much in at these terms. That's awesome.
1: No, I like it. It's a win for them, you know, yeah. especially a lot of these sellers. They don't want to get hit with that capital gain. So I think That's exactly what I was going to say.
0: It's usually the taxes that kind of toss them into it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I do the same thing. I, uh, under residential world, I'll just, I'll pull out an amortization schedule and provide it to them and look at how much more money you'll make, you know, going through the process and and we're paying, you can pay a premium a little bit more if you're getting terms on it. Exactly. Uh, so, so you're doing a lot, you're having a lot of those conversations with sellers right now. Yep. So do For you sure. see a lot of times when you're presenting an offer like that, they tend to, and I'm assuming you guys have a great follow-up system you see like originally they say no, but then they tend to come back like three, six, eight months later to you?
0: Yeah, the only way this stuff works is if your follow-up is on point. Um, It's it's not going to get accepted right away. It's going to take months. I mean, like you said, you know, finally the sellers are starting to come around and realize, hey, I'm not going to get this price anymore. Just not going to happen. So they're more open to some of the stuff I'm talking about here.
1: No, it's the same thing in my world too on the residential side, stuff over there where I really focus on that. It's the same thing. 70% of my deals, like you mentioned, come from your follow-up system. And it's amazing Uh that some of these investors go out there, they put an offer, and then they never follow up and they go on to the next one. They're always chasing the other deal when you already have that relationship and you built a rapport with the previous person. Right.
0: You're taking all the time to underwrite the deal, you analyze it, I mean, might as well see it through. Nice. Nice. So, you know, tell me a little bit,
1: I think you do you guys, do you have an education course too? Or is it mainly, I know you do some type of, is it mastermind?
0: Uh, Both. So I've got a a coaching uh, program started that early last year. It's smaller than some of these, you know, large groups you see. It's very uh, hands-on. I take them through my current deals. They, come whenever I'm visiting the properties and they actually, you know, I wanted more learn as we go, kind of a hands-on field, right. Versus theory, <laughs> uh, cause theory is not always, <laughs> I, know, really I,
1: I know I tell you, you have so many of these guys out there training these people, but they're actually not doing deals, you know, and it's right. just in time, like within a year, you know, look at how much different change in a market. And it's hard to train, train somebody in one strategy, you know, and teaching things when things totally di- change. But uh, yeah, that's good that you're doing hands on. So I'm sorry to right. cut you off. So you're doing the coaching and uh, go ahead. Right. right. So the coaching,
0: you know, I've kept it somewhat small because of what I'm saying, you know, it's very hands on. And then um, also part of a mastermind um, where we get together quarterly and partnered up with somebody that already had the mastermind going, but they wanted to build out more of a multifamily side of it and uh, that's great too you know because we get together we share ideas things that are working that aren't working it's great stuff
1: yeah i think masterminds are huge uh really takes you to another level i mean you're just surrounding yourself with like-minded people and then you know just sitting there listening to somebody with experience and you know something that worked like you said that works for them and then it's like oh wow that's a great idea and then and then you collaborate and actually end up doing deals together
0: Yep, that
1: too. You know, I think that's really huge on that type of thing. So are you, like, tell me a little bit, like, also, like, people are out there, you know, say, uh, I'm listening to this, but I'm not in real estate investing, but I have some capital to put to work, you know, how can somebody like that uh, put some capital to work in some of these type of, like, deal structures that you're doing? Yeah, I mean...
0: Oh, specifically?
1: Sure. Like give an, an example, like the syndication world, you know, why do kind of tell okay. some people a little bit about that whole model and if they, you know, how can they look at different type of deals? If you have any deals that's coming down the pipe that they want to invest in.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, the syndication world, one, I, I had no idea that this existed even when I was doing the single family investing. And what happens is on a lot of these apartments that get sold and um, they're acquired by, syndicators and what that really means is when we go to acquire these properties, we bring other investors with us. You know, we raise the equity that's needed uh, that the bank's not going to cover by bringing on what we call limited partners into the deal. they invest usually our minimum is somewhere between 75,000 to hundred thousand and then with that they get distributions. We pay out quarterly, depending on the deal. You know, sometimes it takes a certain amount of time to get those distributions as we execute the business plan. Um, and then once we sell or we refinance, um, those investors also get a portion of that equity. Usually it's, uh, around like a 70, 30 split, meaning 70% of the profits go to our investors, 30% goes to us, the general partners, the ones actually running the deals hundred percent passive, you know, the investors just invest the money, sit back they get our, our updates and their distributions. I will say it's very important to vet out the syndicators and the deal sponsors, Um, not just the syndicator either. Definitely the the group that's actually running the deal, right? You really want to vet them out and make sure they've got a a good track record and um, that they know what they, what they're doing. I see a lot of people
1: uh, I've gotten to some of these events and it cracks me up like, you know, God bless them. They're trying, but I see them popping up and they kind of creating their own group and they've never done a deal before. And they're kind of out there trying. I mean, but I agree like, if I'm putting my capital, I definitely want to make sure I'm putting it to capital to somebody that's actually got some experience on something like that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I see a lot of the, a lot of these gurus are popping up now too. Um, with, with courses and, and coaching programs. And, you know, they've only acquired a couple deals and they haven't even exited any deals. And it's, it's a little alarming
1: too. But. Yeah. I, and I say the same thing in some of the residential, and I look at some of the, like you said, these gurus popping up and I'm like, Oh my God, these guys are doing stuff. I'm like, you guys even haven't been through a credit, you know, you haven't gone through 2008. You don't know what to expect. They just right. been riding away for the last 10, 12 years thinking, you know, Oh, but they have no clue what to look out for when the market corrects. Like we've been there. We are like, I don't know about you, but when I'm looking at a deal, the number one thing I'm looking at is always risk. You know, I'm always right. looking at the risk factor. Um, and you know, that's kind of the, the factor that we need to look at as investors, especially, you know, and then they look at us like sometimes you guys don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the risk I'm with you there, man. And also the, the basis, you know, I'm always looking for, for a good little basis or, and a lot of the times the, the multifamily investors don't look at that. They're just looking at the underwriting and, okay, well, I'm going to sell at this much. And that's not always the case, right? We just learned that. You know, if somebody <laughs> was thinking they were going to sell this year, something that they bought a couple of years ago, I highly doubt that sale price matches what they had in their performance.
1: Exactly. So you're starting, I'm assuming you're starting to see, as you're speaking about the cap rates adjusting, you're starting to see that a little bit?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know the, yeah. the cap rates are are rising, uh, and probably going to continue to to rise
1: some. Yeah. Sure. Are you seeing that mainly because of the debt? You know, that's costing more. One
0: hundred percent. One hundred percent. Look, the fundamentals are are still strong. That's the big difference here. It's literally just the rates going up is what's what's causing it. Right.
1: So so that's where it really comes in of having good management and really good control to control your expenses. That's probably, so that's really where you guys been really focusing on in the last six to eight months,
0: really kind of tightening up. Yeah, I mean longer than that, look, I mean, I saw, saw this coming, right? I mean, I I didn't know exactly how it was gonna happen and and that the Fed was gonna raise the interest rates this fast. But, um, you know, I knew the market we were in just wasn't sustainable, I mean. So we started beginning of last year building out that in-house management um, because we knew we were going to have to have more control on the expenses. There's just things when you're hiring hiring a third-party property manager, it's a lot harder to control some of those fees and, and really tighten it, tighten everything up. I I, yeah, yeah, I totally make sense on that.
1: So do you guys also? You guys, um, you guys do your own asset management. I'm assuming as well. Yep. Correct. So Correct. do you do you work with other companies if to um, help them out, like some new people, like uh, help them for asset management as well, or do you just focus on your own stuff?
0: Just our own stuff. I mean, we do we do partner with others, you know, and, and bring our asset management experience and and, and that to to the table with partners, but, um, we don't do it as like a third party, uh, service. Got it. Got it. So are no, you still, are you, so no. are you
1: still taking on the students? Cause I know you mentioned that. So like if say somebody is somewhat out there in one of these groups that we mentioned about at some of these conferences we run into, what if they wanted to kind of go under somebody that has experience like yourself? Are you still taking on students or are you just kind of being selective at this time?
0: I'll still take on students, but I, I will be, selective on on who I take on and and pretty much just looking for somebody that, that has some experience in investing under understands it, not somebody that that's a hundred percent, um, green.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It's challenging if they
1: have no clue. Yep. It's gonna just learning the basic stuff. So, you know, one of the questions I've always asked people, you know, looking at your career, um, Going back through it, like, what do you think was one of the biggest power moves in your career that really changed your life and your direction? What do you think that might have been during your career process?
0: Oh man, there's been there's been a few. Uh, You know, I think uh, bringing the construction in house was, was definitely a big one that that helped the growth, and then making that transition from from the single family to the multifamily was was a big one. I had stretched myself pretty thin, and kind of grown the single family as much as I really could at that point without making some maybe some big moves um, that I was not looking forward to. So, yeah, I think making that transition was was huge. Yeah, it's a lot easier. How many um, single family
1: homes did you guys have going at one time when you're back doing oh. it? Oh man,
0: <laughs> uh, a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. I mean, we were probably at the max maybe doing at least 10 renovations slash new builds at a time, You know, not including the deals we were wholesaling and that kind of stuff. So, so you
1: totally shut that operation completely down and went straight into the multifamily?
0: Pretty much. I think I attempted for a few months to kind of do both angles and and I quickly change my mind.
1: No, no, I see that a lot of times people in the residential world have to do both. They have to do. It seems like they struggle because you have to have the cash flow coming in, because you usually don't see a return in the multifamily commercial arena for quite some time. Hundred percent, man.
0: And I never suggest for anybody to to quit their W two or to quit um, whatever's bringing in their main income until they've got that traction going with the multifamily. I. I had other money coming in. I had the, the construction company that was still doing, you know, third party work and I had other income. So I was able to do that without
1: any issues. Right. And what did you just partner up with somebody that had the experience? Is that kind of how you learned the game back in the day?
0: Yes. Um, actually hired a coach and awesome. learned, learned that way and then ended up on the first couple of deals, you know, partnering with somebody that had the experience. Yeah, well. yep, yep, hands
1: on. And what do you think? Um, you know, one one of the what do you think one of the biggest like I I wouldn't say mistakes, but hiccups that you learned from that you know that was a good learning experience. Yeah, man, I was I <laughs> so always back. learning.
0: <laughs> you always gotta be willing to learn. I, I learn something new every day. I right? think <laughs> it feels like, but um, really, I mentioned getting I was stretched pretty thin. I think that was a learning experience where I tried doing too much and, yeah. and my focus was all over the place. I was trying to grow, um, you know, with the single family and then I was trying to grow the construction company within the construction company. I'd started a, a roofing sales division and I was growing that and it was just way too much. Um, and when I started cutting some of that stuff out and just really putting my focus towards one thing, um, it was a game changer.
1: That's what that's the big problem with most real estate investors when they start out. They're all over the place. They see the way, you know, the syndrome. Some, oh, like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And that's kind of like us as entrepreneurs, we want to do that. So you have to stay focused because otherwise you don't get anything done. You're just getting pulled in a hundred directions or you get burnt out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you hear everybody always say, you know, several income streams and a hundred percent. I agree with that, but you need to have your main income and you really need to, Um, focus on that and get that operating to the max for you to then bring in these other income streams. Nice. Nice. Now, where would people uh,
1: listening to us, where would they be able to reach out and try to find you if they're interested in finding more about following you?
0: Yeah. um, We've got a bunch of information on our website, which is Elevate CIG, stands for Commercial Investment Group. So ElevateCIG.com. They can also reach out to me through email. They want to email me, George or Jorge, J-O-R-G-E, at elevatecid.com. If they say they they heard me on your podcast here, I'll send over a bunch of free content. I've got a due diligence checklist. We talked about betting the sponsor. I've got one of the questions to ask a sponsor Um, and a bunch of other information I can send over.
1: Now, besides you're doing your mastermind, do do you do local meetups in the area as well?
0: I do, I do. We do a monthly meetup. It's every actually this Thursday. We do it every third Thursday of the month. Uh, we also have a couple other meetups in Indiana, South Florida, Northwest Arkansas. I think that's it for
1: right now. Nice. Do you go to all these meetups, or you have different people helping you out?
0: Different people, um, and then I go every once in a while. So. I'll be in the South Florida one next month. Nice. Where is that one going to be held? It's in Delray. Um uh, yeah. Delray Beach.
1: Yeah, it's actually I'll probably pop over. It's about 10 minutes from me. I've been talking.
0: Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. I remember that.
1: Yeah. So it's uh what what are the dates on that one? And in...
0: oh shoot, man. I wanna say it's uh I'll just message you after. Yeah, it's in the beginning of Mar- of
1: April, the first week. Nice. And, and you just, guys, uh, what is it, usually on a, a weeknight? Like you, or is it the weekend? April 5th, 6 April p.m. 5th. At 6 p.m.? Yep. It, where you guys having it at?
0: It's at the... Social? Sorry. Probably the social um,
1: or something like that. Brews? Brews room? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'll, I'll definitely pop over and see you guys over on that one. So I'd like to meet everybody on your team. So say we still um we get stuff too that come across our our desk so i'd like to know a little bit more about your buy box you know for for land development you probably get the same stuff though i'm sure but i but i do get some off-market stuff
0: yeah definitely any off-market stuff you get um you know we're usually looking for when it comes to land you know somewhere around 10 10 acres or so um is usually depending on how much of it is buildable um it's usually enough to put 200 plus units on. It's kind of a sweet spot. If we can at least get 200. Nice.
1: Now, how, now in Florida, tell me a little bit about in the development world, because if it's wetlands, they'll allow you to buy some of the wetlands out. Have you guys run into that at all?
0: Like you know, credits, they call it. We have not looked at a lot of um, land in Florida. Um, I've got a couple of deals. I'm, I'm looking at now. So, Honestly, I'm not. That Got him. familiar with Yeah, it. I've heard for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. You can buy it
1: out, and they put it into another credit pool of like to stuff like that as well. So I'm just curious if you run across that. But I know there's a lot of uh, different um, areas needing still a lot of demand for the multifamily, just housing in general.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Man. I mean, Florida is a population growth has been ridiculous and don't see slowed down i don't
1: uh, want to get political but you know hopefully i'm just concerned if our guy is going to run for the white house or not who's going to take over that's our concern that <laughs> is scary
0: man but uh i'm sure he'll still be looking out for florida if that happens
1: yeah yeah i i hear you so thank god i mean he's done a great job you know so oh, knock please. on wood i know some listeners uh may think otherwise but you know for us living in florida um, I can't complain. You know, it's just, mm. I, I've been lucky. It feels really, like, really, yeah, uh, right. I mean, look, I, I never get
0: political, but I mean, yep. you can't look at the data for Florida and say he's done bad.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a numbers guy. I'm like you, I look at numbers and numbers, you know, normally don't lie unless they're manipulated, but you know, right. and it's just, uh, you know, knock on wood, it's been good. So I really appreciate your time. Is there anything that I haven't asked that I should, that you want to put out there?
0: no i mean maybe just uh the outlook in the market you know i I, i'm still very confident in in multifamily uh as an asset class and continuing to invest in it um many of like i mentioned the fundamentals are still there right there's still demand and supply issues there's even with with the housing and the debt right it's harder to to buy a house now, where does that leave you? It leaves you renting, right? Um, so, just structures need the deals need to be structured correctly. Um, it's definitely a lot harder to do that right now with the lending and equity. A lot of people sitting on the sidelines. You know, I'm a strong believer that when something like this happens, it's not the right time to sit on the sideline. It's actually the right time to figure it out we did it back in '08. everything we invested in back then after the the collapse um we did amazingly so we plan on doing the same now
1: I mean, it really comes down to management. I mean, these banks that are failing, a lot of it has to do with the management. You know, that's really what it comes down to versus, you know, the banks that are thriving with cash. Look at oh, who's managing them, you know? So that's what mm-hmm. it really comes down to. So it's the same thing as any business. You know, I see this weekend, oh my God, on social media, everybody's running to the bank on Monday, pull your cash, you know? <laughs> sure, <laughs> Everybody owns their
0: own bank
1: now, apparently. I actually jumped into the stocks yesterday, the bank stocks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did i did i'm day? like okay it's just like i did and then i and then yeah. i uh now look at them at today you know yep. wood. Yep. you know so, they, they, so uh yeah you knew the government was going to step in you know would just keep on printing money so
0: <laughs> yeah that's the only uh bad part of it you know continuing with the inflation pretty much right with the problem in. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's exactly what caused this whole mess. But anyways, it's, you know, like, like I said, I mean, it's kind of a blessing in disguise for the real estate game that this happened with the bank failing, because now, like you said, tomorrow's gonna be a big day with the the Fed, if what they're gonna end up doing, if they're gonna keep rates going, or they're gonna have to just stabilize everything. Otherwise, you're gonna have more problems with the banking system.
0: You would think so. I mean, they're definitely not gonna do the the 0.5 that people started talking about. I mean, I can't imagine that they would do that now.
1: Yeah, I'm probably thinking,
0: I think that somewhere in a quarter, probably a
1: quarter, because then they're going to, they could scare people the other direction if they don't do anything, thinking the banking system. So I think it has to be a happy medium somewhere.
0: I'm with you. I think a quarter and maybe even stopping next time. I don't know. We'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So, But it's been great. You know, once again, how can everybody reach out to you?
0: So it's ElevateCIG.com or Jorge, J-O-R-G-E at ElevateCIG.com. I still prefer to be called George, but I say Jorge because it's spelled <laughs> Jorge.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, coming on uh, Real Estate Power Play Podcast. For everybody that's listening to us, please listen to us on your favorite podcast or you can follow us on your YouTube channel. And thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you so much, George. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Take care. You too, man. This has been another episode of Real Estate Power Play, guiding real estate entrepreneurs to a greater future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast
0: or follow us on YouTube at Real Estate Power Play.